Hola, yo soy Andrea Márquez, and this is Latinx Debate, a weekly political segment where we discuss issues that matter to us, like immigration, climate change, racial tensions, and more. With me again are Luis Gutierrez and Daniel Garza on our third episode of Latinx Debate. Luis is a former Democratic congressman representing the state of Illinois, and Daniel is president of the Libre Initiative which is a nonprofit focused on informing the Hispanic community on the benefits of limited government. Daniel Luis, how are you today? I'm real well, thank you. Fantastic, Andrea. Well, as a reminder, you each have one minute to answer each question. Okay. So let's jump right in. This past week was the Re Republican National Convention, and there was a focus on law and order, gun rights, attacks on Joe Biden, and cancel culture all while there were protests outside of the White House where the convention took place. Daniel, now that we've seen both the Republican and Democratic National Conventions, what did you think of them? Well, I, you know, I think they did a pretty good job of, you know, showcasing their strengths. Um, obviously, there was more on sentiment and emotion um, on the Democrat side on undermining the agenda of the president. I think there was more razzle-dazzle when it came to the presentation for the White House. Of course, using the White House assets is, is enormous controversial, but but it uh, it worked, right? It did the trick. I think the, the Trump administration did a better job in actually focusing in on, one, the record that Donald Trump has in the last four years as president and the economic bonanza that actually generated out of that and of course upholding and respecting the constitution judges and increasing um energy productivity and all these things and then also i think highlighting the four years to come and the policies that are going to be i think advanced and proposed um i think a lot of the speakers that the, the stories that were told especially like people like alice johnson on criminal justice reform was powerful um, the the parents of, of Miss Mueller, I think, you know, the the, the who um, was uh, held hostage by uh, uh, Akbar al Baghdadi, I, I think, were also compelling. And so I think they did they did a good job of showcasing their strengths and then undermining, um, I think, the deficiencies of, of their opponents overall. Luis, what did you think? Yeah, I thought I was watching episodes of The Twilight Zone, where reality. <laughs> doesn't have any respect oh. for my TV set. And here's what I saw during the Republican convention, a president who could find as many Latinos and black people as he could, not many, because he didn't get many of their votes and he doesn't have much support in those communities, but the few, so he could put them on and showcase. Why, Andrea? This is the first president of the United States that has a convention just to tell people I'm not racist. Look at all the broad and black people who love me here. Okay, he did that. Then they said, oh, by his family, he's just misunderstood as a president. He's really not a racist. He's a nice, good family man. Okay, let's see. I don't know. Maybe that model that he sent $150,000 to, um, maybe that's the person that he was talking about being the good family man. Okay, so then here's what they did after that. They said, be afraid of the brown and the black people in the cities. They're coming to the suburbs to take away your homes, to take away your freedom, to take away your tranquility in your nice suburban nest. Fomenting racial tension and division. Once again, that's the Republican uh, uh, Party's response to why we should vote for Donald Trump. So a uh, congressman, damned if he does and damned if he doesn't, puts uh, diversity forward? No, uh, it's not damn if he does, he does it. He just, he, oh, okay, here's what he could do. Stop retweeting 
white power. Okay. Stop saying, let me finish. You ask the question, I get to answer it, right? Stop retreating white power. Stop saying that Nazis that come to Charlottesville are equal to those who are raising their voice for racial equality in America. Stop saying that Mexicans are murderers, rapists, and killers. Stop saying that all Muslims are terrorists and we need to ban them from our country. All of those Stop are distortions. Stop the division. Yeah. All of those are distortions. caused as president of the United States of America. Stop calling out athletes who say and feel the pain because they want to take a knee during the national anthem. Guess what? Now the NFL says we got it wrong. We should have supported those athletes in their First Amendment rights. You know, the Republican Party is all for the First Amendment right until a black man stands up and claims for justice and equality in this country. Then there is no First Amendment right. Luis, let me ask you, which, I mean, considering what you're both describing from uh, the Republican National Convention, in terms of both, which one do you think was more effective in reaching moderate and their um, political base? Well, given the, Andrea, I'm just going to go by the science again. I know that that's antithetical to Trump and his supporters because they don't believe in science. They believe in an alternative reality. Okay, well, Let's look at the poll in the latest polls that we saw over this weekend. Who got a bump? Biden got a bump. Trump, no bump after the break. There's still a 10 point margin of difference. And even in key states, right, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, you see that there is a seven to nine point advantage for Biden. I think his message of inclusion Here's what I think, Andrea. I think people are sick and tired of a president who wakes up in the morning and tweets away, a president who watched COVID-19 devastate 180,000. And what does he do every weekend? He goes and plays golf, golf, a whole weekend of golf. While during he's playing golf, thousands of Americans are dying because of his inaction. Daniel, I'm gonna ask you the same question. Who do you think was more effective? Well, look, let me preface it by first saying that I, you sense that there is an angst in America today, that a lot of people are suffering and they're scraping their knees in prayer and they just want to get by with what's happening with COVID and, the, and the, you know, obviously uh, with a lot of the restrictions that have put, uh, I think, um, um, a, a damper on our economy, of course. Mm -hmm. Uh, and uh, with what's happening in the streets and the rioting, I think there is a lot of um, despair that people are feeling. But who actually injected more hope into the future? I think who also talked about more of the policies, the results that they have, who put on, I think, a better presentation and, and the speakers, I think, uh, did better. I I'm going to say the Republican Party. I may be a, bit a little biased. OK, fine. But what I did want to see from both sides that I didn't, uh, and I'm going to be honest here, I wanted to see more of what you're going to do to reach over across the aisle and work on something that is bipartisan, that is gonna reach consensus, that is gonna arrive at solutions by working together, by having dialogue, constructive, productive dialogue. Yes, you're gonna promise me immigration reform, the Democrats or Republicans, but what are you gonna do to work with the other side to arrive at that solution? That I didn't see enough of from either side. And Daniel, you were there at the, you were present at the Republican National Convention, right? That's right. Um, and there were about 1,500 attendees. A lot of them were sitting very close to each other. Many were not seen wearing masks. As you just mentioned, 
right now, two of our biggest issues are racial tensions and the pandemic. How can we take seriously a president um, about protecting Americans during the pandemic if this is the image that he was putting out to the, to the United States, to its citizens? Andrea, this is a lot of selective outrage. Uh, with all due respect, I mean, I just got on a plane, uh, seven legs of plane, because I went to four cities in a trip that I made, and I was shoulder to shoulder with people, breathing at each other. I was at the White House, of course, and then some people, all of them were given masks. I, uh, all of them were, were, were asked to take uh, protective majors. Uh, some of them chose to, and some of them did not. And then I went to the, the, the Martin Luther King commemoration speech on the mall to listen, to understand, you know, fellow uh, uh, African-Americans uh, who were there talking about the real pain that they're feeling. And I'm going to tell you about 30 to 40 percent were not wearing masks. Nobody has questioned that. So it's a little bit of selectivity when it comes to that. Look, at the end, I think there is something about personal responsibility. If you don't like the atmosphere, then get out. If, if, if the, We know what we're supposed to do, which is social distancing, wear the mask and all these things. Use common sense, folks. Um, if, the, if the White House chose not to be very restrictive on that, then you could have left it. And th th that's all I can say. To yeah, you. I, I, I agree. We should all use masks. But there's a pretty big difference between an organized uh, convention, which I have to tell you, wow, what a stain on the White House. What a stain on the White House to politicize and to exploit for political gain the White House, the people's house, the place that we reserve, right, for the governance, the central governance of our country. Can you imagine if when I was a congressman, I would have used my congressional office in Rayburn and said, this is where I'm going to run my campaign out of. They would have been outraged and I would have probably gone to jail. But this president knows no limits to how he exploits. Because let's remember, and Daniel knows this really well, right? Which is the first person ever elected president of the United States who stated categorically, if there's one person who can make money and benefit economically from being president of the United States, that's me. And that's exactly what he's doing, lining his pockets and the pockets of his family. Luis, let's talk a little bit about what happened after the Republican National Convention, where U.S. Senator Rand Paul and his wife were attacked by protesters who were yelling, say her name, and Breonna Taylor, referring to a 26-year-old black woman who was shot to death by police at her home. Rand Paul is a senator who introduced the Justice for Breonna Taylor Act, a bill in her name that bans no-knock raids fighting for the exact same thing as these protesters. Do you think that this proves the Republicans' points that these protests are riots without substance? Well, uh, Andrea, there was no riot there. Uh, people will lift their voices all of the times, and Brianna deserves to have justice. That was a woman who was murdered in her home, committed no crime, was gunned down in the sanctity of her home. And you want to know something? It's outrageous what happened to her and the fact that the state of Kentucky has done nothing, nothing. You can put resolutions, you can put uh, uh, acts in the Congress of the United States. You have to lift your voice and you have to act. When is Rand Paul going to demand that the attorney general of the state of Kentucky bring those charges against those police officers, finish his investigation and finally bring justice to that woman? My heart bleeds for her. And I'm sorry if he got a little sensitive because people wanted to mention her name. She died 
that's the ultimate test. Daniel, what do you think? Uh, the injustice uh, is real uh, that the uh, congressman is talking about. But I tell you, Andrea, stepping out of that White House, because I was there, mm-hmm. uh, while the president you know, gave his acceptance speech, um, I-, I sincerely feared for my life, for my safety. I was threatened, I was harassed, and I was intimidated. I asked for escorts of the Secret Service, but I was told that there, there weren't enough law enforcement officials. And I, I even asked, well, what happens if I'm attacked? Can I run back into the White House? And they told me no. So, so into the mob I went. And then they were vile. They were offensive. And it wasn't about Breonna Taylor. Th- these were white uh, champagne bourgeois uh, kids who grew up entitled, calling African-Americans and Latinos who were walking out of that White House racist, calling Jews Nazis. That, that is the state of stupidity that we're actually in, in the name of racism, being racist. And, and it was intimidating. It really was. Now, the congressman can say it's insignificant and his I'm feelings so were hurt. I'm so happy. Uh, I'm so happy it wasn't really black up. people who did it. You mean it wasn't Mexicans who did it? It was white people who did it? I didn't hear that at the Republican convention. I'm sorry, but look, uh, it's outrageous what is happening right now in the streets. And it is it is outrageous. Of, of, of the, the Democrat, of the Democrat your mayor, friend, your good to friend, stand down police officers and the law enforcement and not protect fellow citizens That's who right. are upholding and honoring the law. That's right. That's right. Because this president of the United States sees a man shot seven times in the back, right, with no arms. And then you have a 17-year-old from Antioch, Illinois, who walks right by the police with a military-style rifle. And what does the police do? Nothing. You know what the police did in Kenosha? They gave right-wing militiamen water. They refused to arrest that black man. That's the disparity which exists in America. So and you're should, and should, let me finish, and let me finish. No, no, and should, let and finish. should young, should young should, as you bourgeois young white kids do what they did? Absolutely not. This is a struggle, right, that should be led and should be led by the black community. I agree with you. But that's not what you're talking about. It's not what I heard at the convention. What I heard at the convention was, Fear the brown and the black people. They're coming to your suburbs. And the president of the United States had two people who were arrested while people were peacefully protesting in front of their home and they took out guns. They are being prosecuted by the uh, state's attorney in that district in St. Louis. And yet there they are at the convention of the United States saying they're coming to get us in our suburbs. Daniel, I'll give you the last word. Uh, look, uh, I know that the, pres- the the congressman likes to use hyperbole and exaggeration and, and oh, then yeah. a bit of a distortion of the things that are said. Yeah. But 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 my experience was real. And, and what is happening right now in the streets is, is out of control. Look, of course, I believe that black lives matter. And just like I believe that white lives matter, Latino lives matter, police lives matter, et cetera. Life okay. is too short. There is, there, there is a dignity inherent in every matter. individual, That's and we right. should honor every every person. And, and, and resorting to violence is never going to be productive. It's not going to get us to where we want to be. It requires yeah, understanding and compassion, dialogue. I am very sympathetic and very understanding of, of the BLM movement and, and what they're trying to achieve. At the same time, I will not agree with their Marxist agenda with their progressive uh, ideas that they want to advance and promote in the name of trying to defeat racism. I think that they're compounding two things that that people are at odds with here. They want to uh, um, make sure that we dialogue and welcome this kind of discussion to resolve the issue of racism in America. At the same time, I don't want to promote Marxism. 
I, I, I don't want to uh, 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 defund the police. Th these are radical extremist positions that are keeping people from coming to the table and reaching consensus in a productive uh, uh, way. And, and this is a problem that they need to deal with. I know. I can say it. Black lives matter. See? See how easy it was, Daniel? Black lives matter. Daniel and Luis, that was our time. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank, Thank you very much. This was Latinx debate. Remember to text votamos or Latinx to 52886 to register to vote or verify that you have registered. You can also follow Latinx on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at Latinx or learn more at wearelatinx.com. This was our third episode of Latinx debate. I'll be seeing you again next week.